Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle, featuring your host, the writer, Chris Pike, and the scoring machine, Sean Redditch. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to another week of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle, and, and boy do we have a lot to get through. We'll have the Tap Touch preview once again, as always, with Matty Knight. We'll have the Demo Award, thanks to Boomerang, with Damian Martin, and I'll be joined, as always, by The Scoring Machine. I'm Chris Pike, and we've got plenty to get through. Let's get straight into it. Sean Redditch, how do we find you this week? Well, look, we're watching a lot of basketball, coaching a lot mm-hmm. of basketball, so uh, big basketball theme here uh, at the moment, and it's great to uh, great to be involved in the league and the show, and uh, let's get into mm-hmm. it. It's one thing to have made a professional playing career for yourself, Sean, and that's everyone's dream. But what's it like post your career to still be involved full-time in basketball? That's that's almost better than a, a than the dream of being a player, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I mean, I think it's uh, pretty fortunate to still be involved in the game in uh, a number of different, I guess, uh, levels, you know, whether it be coaching someone just learning the game at our school session to, uh, to I guess, you know, coaching someone um, – more advanced and, and looking to eventually play NBL or, or go over to college. And uh, I think pretty fortunate to still, I guess, be in the game and just uh, be around and, and be able to impart some of the wisdom and, and I guess, experiences that I've, I've got over my years and hopefully uh, inspiring the next generation. I, from what I can see, basketball is just going strength to strength. And, and I think what we're seeing in the NBL and the NBA and in worldwide, it's, it's at the local level as well, it's exploding. Mm. No, fantastic to hear. All right, Sean, plenty to get through. There's plenty happening at the NBL Cup. We're a week on from when we last spoke, and we've probably, probably seen, I don't know, 16 games since then, so there's plenty to, plenty for us to get through. Um, we're seeing some injuries start to mount. We're seeing some some tight, tight finishes, but we're also starting to see some blowouts pop up. Um, frustrations are growing along the way. And some questions being asked of some teams. Plenty of drama along the way. We're seeing the Perth Wildcats now still the only undefeated team at the NBL Cup. I think if you're the Adelaide 36ers, there's now some some definite big concerns there. Um, what's standing out to you over the last week, Sean? Well, I mean, you you mentioned some big losses there, and only two games from the last round were six points or less. So with a lot of them, mm. you know, 15, 20. And then you throw in the 36ers, uh, massive loss to the New Zealand Breakers. So, uh, and I think there's a lot to do with that. One, you know, these players have been on the road. They're kind of in a bubble environment. And, you know, it doesn't lend yourself to being consistent out on the court. I think there's just going to be times where you're fatigued and you're just, uh, you're a bit homesick. Uh, but also so many games so close together. So you're not able to do as much scouting as you would. So, you know, mm-hmm. teams that can really exploit a weakness of, of, of another team it's uh they're not able to counterbalance that and be able to uh to change it so i think you're seeing some big some big margins in the uh in the victory column and i think there's a lot of reasons for it but i think uh, being in the bubble and not in so many games in such a short time uh is one reason for that yeah i think so too um let's start let's break down some teams individually and let me get your thoughts on on how they're traveling. Let's start at the Adelaide 36ers. Um, first of all, I want to want to ask you: Have you ever seen a start to a game at, in a professional basketball like their game against the New Zealand Breakers? The Breakers put up the first 14 points of the game. They were up 32 to six 
at quarter time, I think Adelaide shot two of 14 and had, I think it was seven turnovers in the first quarter alone, and they just couldn't turn it around from there. And to top it off, Isaac Humphreys then got injured. Have you ever seen a start of the game like that? Oh, that was, it was hard to watch. I mean, it was, mm. um, New Zealand was feeling it, and it's a lot easier to shoot those threes when you're up by 20 and, and you're feeling <laughs> good, but the Adelaide 36ers didn't help themselves. You know, some of the, the shots they were taking and, and the turnovers, it was, uh, it was, it would have been frustrating all along as a player. I, I remember one game I played, I think we played the Sydney Kings, um, in a game three in the semifinals one year and they yep. just nothing went right. I mean, we were missing free throws. We were blowing layups. It was on the road. Sydney Kings were the better team. I remember it well. That, that was the series you had your famous running with, with Werther. Yeah, it just nothing went right for us that game. And, and that's kind of how it felt like for the 36ers and they just couldn't get it right. And then you throw the Humphreys injury who he's been outstanding yeah. current leader of our, our MVP. So yeah. it uh, doesn't help their their case. And then they just look like they're a little bit out of sorts. They're not sure who the go-to guy is when they when they kind of need a bucket. Obviously, you got Daniel Johnson there, but I think they need someone else that can really create on a consistent basis mm-hmm. and, and play through them. And Giddy, uh, he's going to be up and, up and down with being a rookie and, and coming into a professional league. I mean, he's had some outstanding games and moments, but, uh, you know, that's a lot to throw on an 18-year-old shoulder. So I'm – Absolutely. I, I don't really like the mix of Pender and Johnson out there. They don't seem like they're gelling that well. Um, and so they've got to try and find some form there. But, I, you know, I think it's going to be tough. They're, they're really going to need to figure out some, some things. And obviously they've got, you know, a new, new guy coming in pretty soon. And I'm, I'm guessing they're hoping he gets cleared sooner rather than later. Yeah, Brendan Paul's that man. He's in quarantine at the moment. So I think... I think his quarantine finishes at, at about this time next week. So I think the week, maybe the first week after the NBL Cup, they're hoping for him to play. And he might be that next option next to, D, next to DJ to, to be a playmaker that, that they need. But you mentioned Keanu Pinder. Now without Isaac Humphreys, his role is magnified. He's now the starting centre on that team. I think from what we've seen from him so far, he's, I hate to say it, but he doesn't look up to NBL level from what, what we've seen right right now. But they need him to stand up. Yeah, I mean, you always, as a player, you want an opportunity. Um, and this is his opportunity. Mm. He's got to make sure. I think for him, it's just about doing the little things. He can rebound. He can block shots. He can he can be that energy guy. And I feel like he's just trying to play outside that role at the moment and not doing really anything spectacularly well. Mm. Um, but if he just – said- Except, except some, some careless fouls. That's what he's doing well. Yeah, that's you're right. And, and I think that, that – you know, it doesn't help when you're when you're losing games and you've got a young squad and, and a new squad as well. So yeah, I was interested with the signing considering he hadn't mm-hmm. had any NBL experience, hadn't really set the European scene on fire either. But mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, I think he's to me he's more that energy guy off the bench. You give him five ten minutes and uh, maybe he can come in change the game. You're not worried about his fouls because he's not playing. You know. 25 30 minutes that to me that's where he is not saying that's where he can't you know he can't be a starter and a quality player down the road but i think there's a lot of growth and development that needs to happen before he gets to that role can't type into the next ones i wanted to talk about and it's amazing how things can quickly change in 24 hours so they they were on a three-game losing streak they 
They were three and nine, but they, there was a lot of good signs in their win last night against the Sydney Kings, and I think it was important that they got a lot of other guys stepping up to help Oliver and Machado. So Nate Jarway had his best game. Fab Krislovich had his best game. Mirko Jerick stepped up. I think that's the key. They need Oliver and Machado to get a lot more help. And all of a sudden, um, after that win, if they can beat Adelaide now in their next game, they're not too far away. What do you what do you make of the Taipans? Yeah, they look like they are. It's just kind of a work in progress at the moment for non. But mm. uh, it, you got to like where they're at compared to where the 36ers at. They seem like they're going in the right direction where the 36ers are going in the opposite direction. Um, you know, if they can get 22 from Nate Jawai, they're going to win a lot of basketball mm-hmm. games. And I don't think that that's really Nate Jawai's role, but he's capable of that. And, uh, you know, he's not going to give you 20 every night, but you know, if he can be a focal point, take some pressure off yeah. some of those other guys. And, and look, if you can put Jawai in there and he can, he can produce it just, you, you know, it takes a bit of pressure off Cam Oliver and, and Machado can mm-hmm. kind of play his more role where he can be a more of a distributor and not have to score as much. Yep. So, uh, you know, they, they need all their guys to really step up, but it's going to be still at four nine. It's going to be tough to get into that top four. I think. Illawarra Hawks are another team where, um, 24 hours can change a lot. So they had been struggling. We know that they'd won their first four games of the season. Then they had lost five of seven. But then they bounced back last night. They beat the Adelaide 36ers. And I think importantly, um, Cam Besto and Dingadell played a big role in that win because before that, um, their slide had kind of coincided with those two coming back from injury. Um, how do you see the Hawks? Yeah, I think that they're... You know, I, I think they kind of caught some teams by surprise coming out of the gate, um, starting 4-0 and a bit of enthusiasm. And, and now teams are starting to figure them out. And then now they, they're making those adjustments, um, getting Cam Barristow up to level. He still doesn't look as athletic as he was a few years ago. But I still, uh, mm-hmm. you know, his experience, I, I think, will help some of those those young guys on that team. And, you know, they are a young team, so they're going to be up and down. But you know, I, I do still like them. I think they'll still finish in the top four, and they just kind of got to – this is kind of their, I guess, growth spurt through the season where they're going to have mm-hmm. to face some adversity, and, and towards the end of the end of the year, I think there will be a much better team for it. The Perth Wildcats, the only undefeated team still at the NBL Cup. Um, they've got a big game now to come this afternoon against the Brisbane Bullets. Um, Gee, I love the chemistry between Bryce Cotton and John Mooney. The, I think clearly right now they're the, the best import combination in the league. They are, and, and, you know, Cotton's just doing Cotton things. He's just so consistent. He does whatever the team needs. If they need him to score 30, mm-hmm. he'll do it. If he needs to be a distributor, he can do that as well. And Mooney's found his jump shot, and to me that just is the the part that really makes him dangerous. We, we know he can rebound, he can block shots, he can kind of be that that pest in the middle. But when he's knocking down those shots, it just gives those t- – takes some pressure off the other guys and, and draws a bit of a more attention from Bryce. And so, you know, I like where Mooney is. And let's not forget, he's just his first year as a professional player. So he's yeah. growing game by game. Um, he does look like one that uh, maybe the Wildcats will, will want to keep uh, long-term as well. He fits into the mold of, of Trevor Gleason's import and the way he plays and rebounds. And, you know, I think uh, Trevor Gleason's ecstatic with that, that signing at the moment. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Melbourne United, they keep winning too. So 
I know they might not be playing great basketball right now, but they're just finding ways to win. Um, they've still got Chris Gold, Chris Golding to come back in. They they've now lost Jack White for a little while, but they regained Shea Ely. Um, do you like what you're seeing from United? They are. They're they're finding a way to win, and they're doing it by you know they're losing a lot of a lot of key guys along the way. I love the way Jack White plays. I think he brings a little bit of a little bit of everything to him, and a little bit of toughness. Yeah. Something you know that they they need to uh, to for a team to be successful and, and, you know, lose Chris Golding, Shea Illy, and it doesn't matter. They're just, they're, you know, and it's probably why they're the deepest team in the league that, you know, to be able to bring those guys, Uday Baba is playing outstanding. He's been a revelation for this league and, and you know, hopefully opens up the doors to a few more Asian players coming into our league and, and mm-hmm. making an impact. So uh, you, you got to like what you see with Melbourne United. They're finding a way to win, even though they have so many injuries um, and that's going to be key going down the stretch when they're trying to get that home court advantage because we know how important that is when you get into the finals. The New Zealand Breakers, I think we all thought they were going to start to click it at some point, and it's now happened. They've won two games in a, in a row, and it's on the back of the Webster brothers. But I think importantly, Coulter Iverson's now found his, found his role. Probably with Rob Lowe leaving, he's now playing more minutes, and he's he's been that big body inside for them that they needed, and... And and he's really stepping up. So I think with the Webster brothers and then a good big fella, and then you've got Delaney and Abercrombie. Um, it's kind of a good mix, even though they've lost it, lost a couple of guys with Lowe and and Patterson. Um, this group seems to be playing playing with good chemistry. Well, less is more. I think it's just you know more yeah. opportunity for these Webster brothers to just kind of dominate. How how fun does it be for them? I mean, playing on a professional <laughs> team, the ball's in their hands ninety percent of the time down the floor, mm-hmm. and they're playing off each other. So they look like they're having a lot of fun. And uh, you know, as as poorly as they've they've started the season, um, you know, I still think it's going to be tough for them to get in the top four. But they're gonna they're gonna take some teams. And get some big wins, and, and we said that you know they weren't going to go to the NBL Cup on or lose a game, but they're um, you know they're 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 heading in the right path, and I think they've just got to play through the Webster brothers, and you know they're they're mm-hmm. more than capable of scoring twenty five thirty each, and everyone else kind of do the little things. Yeah. They can uh, they can be a successful team. My my concern is just that depth. I mean, outside yeah. of those, probably their starting five, it starts to get pretty thin when you get down to their uh, their bench players. It's amazing. We feel like they've had a horrible season and they're way out of touch, but their record's actually three and six, so they've only played nine games, and if things go to plan, they've still got 27 games to go, so if they get on a roll, they, they could still do some things. Well, you're right. I mean, you look at the Phoenix are six and six, so the Breakers win their next three games. In theory, they've got, they're in the top four, so you, you can't really... Yeah write them off I, I do think though you know it, hopefully if they get Patterson back and he can he can kind of fill that uh that third kind of score and be a go-to guy take the load off the Webster brothers that'll that'll help them but uh, I still think that they're probably missing one more player to get them into that top mm. four and be consistent in this league yeah yeah possibly um okay one more question before we get to your hoop seven player of the year votes for the round Sean We've got two two pretty important players in quarantine right now, waiting for their chance to play. We've got Ryan Brokoff waiting to be unleashed with the the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, and as we talked about before, Brandon Paul waiting to play with the Adelaide Thirty Sixes. Um, who do you think is going to make the biggest impact, and which of those two teams are more desperate to get that guy into their lineup? Well, Thirty Sixers need someone, and they need someone quick. Um, mm. 
I, I think Brandon Paul is probably going to have the most impact straight away. But I think over the course of the season, once the once the Phoenix figure out how to utilize Brokoff, I think he's going to open up so many opportunities and scores for for this Phoenix team. So I think long term the impact will be Brokoff, but I think short term Brandon Paul is going to make the biggest the biggest impact and, and much needed from the 36ers to get another scoring option out of them and, and hopefully just breathe some new confidence into that group. Yeah, I think you're right. If I look at it, I think right now the 36ers just need Brandon Paul to make them competitive again and to keep them competitive, whereas Brokoff long-term for the Phoenix, he makes them a genuine championship threat. So I think that's that's how I probably see it. Um, okay. Player of the Year votes, thanks to Hoop7, Sean. Um, it's really tough to keep track of things when we've got two games every night and then it kind of seems like every round blends into another. But if we have a look at the second round of the NBL Cup, there was a lot of a lot of good performances, but maybe a lot of guys had one good performance and one not-so-good performance. So consistency and winning is what we're looking for here. Um, how did you go with your your votes for this week? Well, yeah, I mean, you look at, look at the round. There's two teams that did get two wins, uh, Melbourne United, Brisbane Bullets. Um, and, you know, I just love the way Sobey's playing this year as well. So I think sometimes you got to factor in the whole season within it, although he had an outstanding round, 30 points against the 36ers and 18 points um, against Illawarra and ma- made some big plays. So um, Sobey gets my five votes. Um, right behind that, you know, Vic Law, I think is, you know, he's kind of the Batman and Robin. Those two are, are playing mm-hmm. outstanding, giving Brisbane Bullets a, a chance night in, night out. So he gets four votes. Um, and then you're looking at the Wildcats. They just keep winning at the moment. Cotton, um, 23, eight assists. He gets three votes. And then uh, you go down to – and then it kind of gets – Tough for me, um, but uh, you know, you look at Phoenix. They they only played one game, but Creek he's been outstanding. Twenty five, six rebounds, five assists. He gets two votes, and then someone we we've already previously talked about in the show, Corey Webster. He's just on fire at the moment, feeling good and, and looking like the Corey that we know. So he gets one vote as well, even though they went one and one. But I think uh, just the way they're playing and and they're uh, they're on a roll at the moment, and and he himself is on a roll, and probably you could almost split that vote between him and his brother. But uh, <laughs> I went with Corey for this week, and we'll we'll have to see if uh, Ty can jump in there next week. Yeah, absolutely. So that means on the hoop seven leaderboard, it's really tightening up. So Isaac Humphrey's still on top with fifteen, but we're not going to see him again for potentially the next six weeks at least. Tyler Harvey's on thirteen. Now, Bryce Cotton's up to 12. Nathan Sobey's up to 8. So is McLaw on 8. Mitch Creek's on 7. Casper Ware, 7. Scott Machado, 6. Justin Simon, 5. Jock Landale, 5. And John Mooney, 5. Um, Daniel Johnson on 4. Kiefer Sykes on 4. Um, I think things are really going to keep tightening up, especially now that Humphreys has, has gone down. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think Humphreys, uh, you know, and that's the hard part about winning an MVP is if you do have a, a long stretch where you're not able to play because of injury, it makes things pretty tough. So, you know, I kind of expect over the next few weeks, you look at a Bryce Cotton, Machado, Landale, those guys, maybe even um, a Sobe and Law. I think those guys can kind of jump up and, and get in there. Probably Mooney's a little bit unlucky to maybe not fit in there as well, but probably just the fact that he's got Bryce Cotton as his teammate makes it hard. 
Okay, Sean. Now let's take a deep breath. Let's get on to Damien Martin and his now famous Damo Award thanks to Boomerang for the best defensive player. Then I'll catch up with Matty Knight for the Tap Touch preview and then we'll be back to wrap things up here on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. Now it's time for the Damo Award, thanks to Boomerang, the best defensive player award here on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. And I'll be joined shortly by Damien Martin to go through it. But of course, we're here thanks to Boomerang. They have made this award possible for this season. Just head to boomerang.com.au for more information. But the best basketball rings and systems in the country you can buy them from Boomerang. They can be installed by Boomerang. But not only that, the best quality sports flooring in Australia as well. So whatever you need under your feet, to play on that basketball system, Boomerang has you covered, and you can you can make it. Not only will it feel fantastic, but you can make it look however you like as well. Custom design it with whatever markings you like, whatever lines you want on it, and also whatever graphics you would like on it as well. Thanks to Boomerang at boomerang.com.au, and thanks to their partnership here with the show and with the Demo Award. One of our lucky listeners can contact Boomerang, let them know that you've listened to the show. And you can buy a portable basketball system for half price. That's right. Just mention Hoop7's Basketball Hustle and you can purchase a basketball system from Boomerang for half price. Now, if you don't want a portable system, you can also buy an in-ground system for, with 25% off or you can get custom flooring installed with 15% off. All because you're listening to us here on the Demo Award. Thanks to Boomerang on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle. And now... Let's get to the man himself, Damien Martin. Okay, I'm with Damo now on the Damo Award. We'll get to your votes again for the last week, Damo. It's really tough to keep track of things right now. Things are moving so quickly in the NBL Cup. What are you making of things? How much are you enjoying all of this basketball that we're getting to see? It's got to the point now where I get a little depressed off in between doubleheaders. <laughs> so uh, it's, we've been spoiled. It's just a brilliant thing. I know we're asking a lot of the players. The mm. sacrifices they're all making is massive and, and not forgotten, but certainly appreciated uh, purely from a spectator's point of view to be able to flick on the TV and watch a double, uh, double header most weekends. Now, there's no secret. You, your heart still lies with the Perth Wildcats. You must be loving what you're seeing from them right, right now, undefeated still at the NBL Cup. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I was actually at a, I do real estate now, so I was at a home open when they were playing a few nights ago for the fifth time in Melbourne and, you know, trying to get updates in <laughs> the home open. And the last update I saw was, you know, in the third quarter, they're up 20. Yep. And then I got bit. I thought, oh, I won't look. I'll just watch the fourth quarter when I get home, expecting to see a, you know, a double digit margin win in favour of the Wildcats. And then I started watching the fourth quarter and I was just like, what is going on here? And <laughs> Adnan was brilliant. I mean, that, Move by Bryce Cotton to beat three defenders with the reverse dribble yeah. into a hazard blow by, then you know Euro step reverse layup. I mean that's just a highlight reel that'll be shown for years to come. Just absolutely Bryce Cotton, you know, to a T. But amazing result. Kyle Adam, like I said, was fantastic. Mitch Creek again, but to see the Wildcats get that win and to win the overall series three two, you know, right before Ryan Brokoff joins them, mm. it's uh, it's huge. So yeah, close call, but. Good, good on them for getting a, a win in Melbourne against a very good team. Now, we're here to talk about the, the defenders, though, Damo, so not too much about the offensive prowess. Um, before we get to the <laughs> votes, what, what are you liking defensively that you're seeing right now? 
Well, it's because of the quality of the, the skill level across the NBL, not just the imports, but, you know, Australians are stepping up to the plate. What Nathan Sobey is doing so far this season is incredible. Mm-hmm. Mitch McCarron is on fire. You know, we've still got Chris Goulding to return after he started in incredible mm-hmm. form. There's just a lot of quality Australian players out there right now in hot form. But then you've got these imports. So if you're a defender, you know, one through five, there is some quality opposition. And if you don't step up to the plate, get in the stands to be willing to play some defense, you get embarrassed. So at times you might have been guarding someone who's just going to kick it on, make the extra pass. Even if you weren't in a stance, now you get exploited if you're not willing to get down and guard. And that's what I'm loving is players are buying in at the defensive end because if you don't, you get embarrassed quickly. A lot of talk about the Cam Ridden foul on Bryce Cotton at the end of that game against the Phoenix. Was it a foul in your eyes? It's one of those ones that, and I know you're not supposed to referee according to time and score. Mm. It wasn't a foul, yeah, it's a score. He was playing with his legs out of position. Would it get called in the third minute of the game? It should should it get called that time of the game. If, if it would have affected his shot, then 100%. If Bryce was going into a shot, but there's still about eight seconds or six mm. seconds to go. So it, it, technically, do I think it was a foul? Yes. Do I want to see that called? And it's hard for me to say because I love the Wildcats. So I'm <laughs> glad it was called. Yeah. But I put myself in the other position. If I was, you know, Bryce guarding Cam Glidden, would you be upset that that got called at that period of the game? And you absolutely would. The reality is, and it's tough for refs in particular with Bryce, everyone talks about how often Bryce gets fouls called on him with defenders guarding him. The reality is he, he should be making 20 points a game from the free throw line. Yeah. It's just the referees are human and they don't constantly want to be blowing the whistle. Exactly. And if you watch Bryce, every possession he gets hand-checked or he gets pushed or they're n- just about every possession he either scores because they play legal, legal defense or they do bump him and technically to the letter of the law he gets fouled and they don't bother calling it because of how many he's already had called for him. And it was the old Brian Gorgian rule when he played for the Kings. Just keep playing aggressive, just keep bumping, just keep hitting. Even if they get to the foul line because if we go over the foul count in the first quarter, refs don't want to call 50 no. fouls a game. Yep. They will let up. And that worked for Gord for a number of years in Sydney. Yep. And Bryce, you know, it happens to him. So, yeah, he, he could have made an extra 10 points at the free throw line before that one on Cam Glidden was called. But no, from a spectator's point of view, I would have loved to have seen that not called and then him had to come down and, and make a play with six to go. But technically, the ref's got it right. Well, there's still every chance he just rises up and makes a shot anyway, isn't there? I mean, we, we can't just assume that he wasn't going to be able to still make a play. So the, the Phoenix still could have lost that game no matter what. But um, let's get to the demo award thanks to Boomerang. Your votes for this week. Now, let's start with your one vote. And this guy, he's been playing fantastic defence and he's... Got to be right up there in Rookie of the Year voting, but unfortunately, we won't get to see him now for a little while. Yeah, you're exactly right, and and I say it every week. There's a number of defenders out there who actually don't get many votes from me, but are clearly in the upper echelon of best defenders in the league right now. And Jack White, like you said, a rookie sensation, former captain of Duke University. Mm. He has been brilliant all year long for Melbourne United. I don't think anyone expected someone straight out of college, so young, to be able to go into a program that's already established with quality players and high expectations and be playing, you know, 25, 30 minutes a game at the level he is. I think he's having an outstanding season. And if it wasn't for the fact, well, in my opinion, that this might be the best rookie season in 15, 20 years, you know, I don't know who, to be honest, I don't know who rivals them. You know, Jack White would be, you know, 
number one candidate. But then you got Giddy, you got DJ Vasilovich. Like, it's an incredible, incredible class of rookies. But defensively, Jack White has been outstanding. And it really is a shame to see him go down. But prior to that, <laughs> that finger incident that looked very, <laughs> very gruesome. And I look at my fingers and just think, yeah, I don't know how you feel, mate. You'll bounce back. You'll be fine. But, um, yeah, he, he's been outstanding, whether it's, you know, blocking shots, getting deflections denying the post entries, guarding on the perimeter. He is a very good defender, and, and I have no doubt in years to come he will win the NBL award. Who was the Phoenix guard that was unlucky to not get the one-vote demo? Oh, no. <laughs> if he had played a few more minutes, I loved how up and in, and I knew you were going to put me on the spot and make me... <laughs> uh, I, I was very impressed. He's a, he's a Kiwi guard. Got a name that makes it a little bit hard for me. I to think we just go with Lee Arthur. I think we ignore the the, the name in the middle and we go with let's Isaiah Lee Arthur. I think. Let's go with Isaiah Lee Arthur. Yep. I believe, but I don't want to destroy his name. But I will put highly of his game. He got given some minutes. Obviously, there's some injuries there at Southeast. And he got up and in. It's not often at this level you see someone force an opposition point guard into an eight-second backcourt violation. He did exactly that on his first possession, turned them twice, made him retreat, dribble, and before you know it, eight-second violation. I would love to see him given opportunity to get up and under the skin of opponent guards, whether it's for two minutes since, four minutes since here and there. Mm -hmm. But his quick feet, his aggressiveness, I loved what I saw. And he was unlucky to miss out. And the only reason he didn't get a, a point was due to the fact that it was limited minutes. And I put myself at the end of the year. And would I want to see an MVP, MVP candidate win it if uh, you know they only average 12 minutes a game? Yeah. No. Would I want to see a Defensive Player of the Year award given to someone who's playing less than 10 minutes a game? Probably not. But yep. full credit. He knocked down some shots too. So he did it at both ends. Um, now, your two votes. I reckon this guy is in career best form this season so far. I, I agree. I thought he started a little slow and then maybe it's purely coincidence and might have nothing to do with it. But after Brian Gorgian announced that Boomer squad, mm. I don't know if the, you know, the confidence that instilled in him or maybe he thought he had a point to prove that he's deserving of the selection in the squad. He deserves to be in the squad, so I'm hoping it's not that train of thought. But Mitch McCarron has been fantastic. And ever since Chris Golding's gone down and there's been extra pressure on someone to step up, Obviously, Babbler's done a good job, but it's McCarron. I think McCarron is running so in Melbourne brilliantly at both ends of the, of the floor. But defensively, last round, uh, that's where I took note and thought he was fantastic. So, uh, you know, in two games, McCarron was possibly their best in both games, if not overall the course of the round. So two points goes to Mitch McCarron, who, like you said, I think he's in career best form. And three votes is the, the man that's taken over from you. Yeah, Mitch Norton. I actually texted him immediately after the game, just saying how excited I was to, to witness that. And for anyone who wants Did you to, tell him you're giving him the three votes. Well, was that no, no, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> it's one thing for me to praise him, but I don't want to tell him I'm actually voting for him. You know, <laughs> I've still got to give him a bit of a hard time. No, Mitch Norton's job on Casper Ware, just showing his hands, sliding, making every shot a contested shot. There's only so much you can do against brilliant players. And if you can stay in front of them, make it hard for them and make them shoot a shot that they weren't hoping to shoot. So if guys prefer going step back right, next thing you're making them go step back left with a contest. Little things like that against great players might be the percentage here or there that, you know, instead of it being a swish, all of a sudden hits the ring and, and bounces away. 
and just showing his hands and not sending cash aware to the free throw line in particular and playing straight up, I thought he was great and that's why I'm giving him three points in what was a brilliant game. Uh, and you know, obviously, one I look forward to seeing. And Mitch was uh, was was fantastic and deserving of the three points. Yeah, absolutely, no argument from me. And I won't read out the leaderboard in the demo award thanks to Boomerang because I don't want to corrupt your votes moving forward. But if you do want to check it out, head to our social media pages now. Before I let you go, Demo, um, the Aurora Hawks signed Justin Simon this season, pretty mm. much for the sole reason to be the Bryce Cotton stopper. How's he going to go on Sunday when the Hawks play the Wildcats? Oh, look, first of all, that block Simon got on the weekend in transition just showed how athletic he is. Look, I've I've heard it too many times that so-and-so is going to shut down Bryce or as a team we're going to shut down Bryce. Justin Simon, you know, Simon's been brought in as an import to shut down Bryce. I love that Gorgian has recruited according to who can beat Bryce and the Wildcats in the postseason, so I love that confidence. Uh, he has in his team to make it that far. The reality is, Bryce, in my opinion, you know, one of the all-time greats in the league. He's the best player I've played alongside uh, in the 13 years I was in the league. So I don't think there's any such thing as a, as a stopper. If Bryce has a quiet night, it's usually because he's human. Yeah. But in saying that, if there's anyone capable of, you know, being physically stronger, athletic, quick, and trying to make the night very, very tough for Bryce, than it is Simon. So I can't wait for the matchup because you're potentially looking at the best offensive weapon in the in the league versus the best defender in the league. So if that's not tantalising enough to be on your couch and watching the game, then you're hard to please. Absolutely not. And I'm still excited to see Sunday Dead up against Bryce Cotton too. So we've still got to that. We've still got that to look forward to. I think it must be in the last round of the NBL Cup. So we can talk about that next week as well, Damo. But for now, thanks to Boomerang and thanks for joining us here on the Demo Award. My pleasure, Pikey. Bring on more double-headers. No days off. Let's change it, Larry. Every day, mate. Back here on Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle, big thank you to Boomerang for bringing us Damian Martin and his Best Defensive Player Award once again. And now it's time for the Tab Touch preview, proudly brought to you by Tab Touch. Head to tabtouch.com.au and check out the NBL betting markets. Remember to gamble responsibly, but anything you want to bet on on an NBL game is available at Tab Touch. You can bet simply bet on a head-to-head result if you like um, for any any of the upcoming games. You know, this weekend of the NBL Cup, but there's plenty more, plenty more markets available. Anything you can imagine: the the game totals, the winning margin, the halftime score, the full time score. There's some line betting options. Who's going to score the most points as a player? Will someone get a double double? The winning margin. Will a team lead from start to finish? Wire to wire betting. Who'll get the most assists? Will someone get a triple double? Who'll score the most points? Who'll collect the most most rebounds? Whatever you like, Tap Touch will have you covered. And it's great to partner up. We're we're very proud of our our team here that we've we've put together at Basketball Hustle with three of the all time greats of the Perth Wildcats with Matty Knight who will join me shortly, Sean Reddidge and Damian Martin. And Tap Touch is a proud West Australian company. And we're we're here to raise money for charity. A couple of weeks ago, Sean Reddidge opened his account for Lifeline WA, and now Matty Knight's hoping to do the same thing, and he will join me now on the Tap Touch preview.
Okay, Maddie, thanks for joining us once again here on the Tab Touch preview. Plenty, there's been plenty happening. It seems like every day there's a there's a whole new sort of storyline at the NBL Cup, and a week's passed since we, we last spoke, and that means we've had about probably about fifteen or sixteen games since then. Um, what are you making of things right now? What's sort of standing out to you? What we're seeing in Melbourne? I think um, Perth uh, didn't show their true uh, identity. Mm. I don't think too many people expect them to be four and zero right now mm. in the in the cup, especially being on the road that long. And a lot of people have said this is probably one of the worst Perth rosters ever assembled. <laughs> but um, no, they always seem to find a way. When you got Bryce and Jesse, um, two two guys who've been around the program for a long time, you know they're going to hold guys accountable. And yeah, you just can never write a Perth team off. Um, and then other games. This, been the uh, story of the season. Teams you think are going to win end up losing, and vice versa. Um, a very hard season to tip right now. I think a favour will get an easy win, but then there's always an upset. So it's great for the NBL that there's a lot of a lot of close games, but um, it's very hard to pick right now. Who are you most worried about right now? Is it the Adelaide 36ers now that they've lost Isaac Humphreys? It looks like New Zealand's you know starting to pick up pick up a little bit, Cairns, you would think are going to click at some point. Is it, is it Adelaide that you're most concerned about right now? I think so. Um, Isaac's a massive loss. Mm. He was probably top three for MVP yeah. so far this season. Um, what he provided offensively, but more importantly defensively, that's a, that's a big gap to uh, fill. DJ's been playing well, but he's not your typical five-man, no. um, especially in the defensive <laughs> end. Um, but yeah, um, obviously a 40-point loss to New Zealand. Yeah. That, that, that's going to hurt and I think they've had a lot of home games to start the season and they're going to finish a lot in the road and Isaac out four to six weeks a massive blow so it might be a long rest of the NBL Cup for Adelaide mm. um, especially without Isaac unless they find some way to turn around but yeah to lose by 40 that's a massive loss especially to New Zealand yeah. who have been struggling Who's the player that you're most enjoying right now? We've got plenty of exciting players right now do you as a big fella yourself, do you like watching the big guys or do you like watching the, the little guards? Or who's who's most exciting for you to watch right now? Oh, he, he can't. He can never go past Bryce Cotton. Yeah. What he what he does every game. Um, I'm sure when teams are scouting, he gets the most probably three quarter of the attention. But yet he's still getting up points. But he's also getting others involved. It's mm. not like he's just shooting every time down the court. He's he's getting others involved, and I think that's why they're playing so well. That he's scoring, but he's also making sure other guys are staying involved. His chemistry with John Mooney is incredible, I reckon. He's making oh, he's making Mooney a lot better. Yeah, I was going to say that he's made Mooney look like an all-star five yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, for big guys, he, he's really performing well. There's always question marks how he go against the bigger bodies, but for now he seems to be holding his own and even dominating most of the bigs in the league. So Right now, I think Perth do have the best one-two import mm-hmm. combination in the NBL. And potentially they can bring in another import if that citizenship comes through in time. So that's a bit scary. Um, you're terribly unlucky with your tab touch multis right now, Matty. I thought your pick of Scott Machado to top score last week against against Perth for Cairns was almost a no-brainer. The fact that he was paying six dollars, I thought that was a that was a really smart bet. Um, and I th- and Scott has top scored for most games this season for Cairns, but. It's just your luck that the day he has an off game is the is the time that you've put some money on him. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> just what's, what's going on? I, I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All I've seen is he just uh, struggles right now. So, 
But, um, um, uh, you're just not lucky. I think that what the tips you're making are, are spot on. It's just that the times that the teams or the players have an off night is the time that you're you're on the back of them. So it's unfortunate yeah. for you, Maddie. But but we'll 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 get there. We'll get there. We'll stick with it. Now, the third week of the NBL Cup, we've already seen a couple couple of nights of action. Wednesday night, we saw we saw the Breakers win again. They beat the Brisbane Bullets, and then we saw a thriller with the Wildcats beating the Phoenix. And then last night, um, the Taipans got back to winning over the Sydney Kings and the Adelaide 36ers kept losing without Isaac Humphreys and the Hawks got back to the to the winners list. Before we get the prev get to the preview and your tips for the next three nights, um, what have you made of the last two nights of action? Illawarra got a nice win over Adelaide mm. and um sorry, Cairns over Sydney. Yeah. Um yeah, no, teams that uh fighting probably for that third and fourth spot in the ladder right now are really and beating up on each other. Yeah. Um, Sydney obviously still got their injuries, so they're trying to come back from that. Um, Perth held on against South East. Mm. Kyle Adnan probably played the best game he's played. Yeah, he Beanie. Um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of clubs circling him come next season. For sure. But, um, yeah, New Zealand, you just never know with New Zealand right now. They've had a slow start, but I think they're starting to build some chemistry. And like I said a couple of weeks ago, with Lamar out, it's going to open up other guys, and the Webster brothers are probably playing some of their better basketball uh, right now. And then once they get through this NBL Cup, they'll move to Tassie and have seven games down there. So I think having some certainty around where they're going to be playing will help them, and I think it's going to start showing on court. But Cairns is another team. Um, a lot of people had high expectations for them, and they, they haven't lived up to those expectations this year. But any team right now can go on a run, and um, make that top four, top three for the NBL Cup and earn that money. But, mm. yeah, it's very hard to pick right now. And it's just great to see close games in the NBL, apart yeah. from the blowout last weekend. Yeah, well, we see blowouts, but it's it's impossible to predict those blowouts too. I mean, you look at just about every game, it's almost a 50-50 gamble. I mean, it's really tough to, to tip. And as we go through these games for the next three nights, we're, we're probably going to find that every game is almost a, almost a toss-up. And it gets underway on Friday afternoon, Maddie. And it's the Perth Wildcats and the Brisbane Bullets. And we know from past history that Bryce loves playing against the Bullets. He's hit, I think it's at least three game winners on the buzzer against the Bullets over the last couple of years. But what do you expect from, from this game first up? And on tab touch, it's got the Wildcats 141 and the Bullets 275. I probably think it's a bit a bit closer than that. Yeah, no, um, obviously Perth is a favourite the way they're playing right now, but Brisbane's another team. Um, you're just not sure which Brisbane team will show up. Oh, we've got someone awake. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think Bryce, uh, he loves playing Brisbane. Um, I'm sure uh, Andre's going to put a lot of work in. You've got Nathan and uh, the other import there. I think Brisbane will be, I mean, Perth will be too strong. They're playing really good basketball right now. <laughs> playing really good basketball right now. You can't tip against them. Everything okay there, Matty? Yeah, mate. She had a trip, so she's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, second up on Friday. This is an interesting one because, as you've talked about, the Breakers are now playing some good basketball and, and Melbourne United are still well short of full strength now that Jack White's out along with Chris Golding. So the Breakers up against United should be should be a good game. Yeah, no, this is probably the game of the round, this mm. one. Um, New Zealand starting to play some good basketball. And as you said, Melbourne United got a couple of injuries. got Chris out. Jack White's been playing some really good basketball, mm. so he's a massive loss for them as well. So that depth's really going to come into play now for Melbourne United. But 
I think New Zealand can probably cause an upset in this game. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, now, Saturday, this is a big game for both these teams. It's almost a must-win, I think, for, for both the Adelaide 36ers and the Cairns Taipans. If uh, Adelaide lose, it might be a long, a long four weeks, especially yeah. Isaac out. But, um, yeah, Cairns play really well one game and then um, don't seem to show up the next game. So, but, uh, with, uh, I think Cam Oles will probably have a massive game, especially with no Isaac in there. Possibly um, Jarwai too, now that he's found some form. Yeah, well, that's it. He, he dropped 22 points yeah. and 83%. Um, sure, he's going to earn more minutes against Adelaide. He's got no one to stop him no, inside. So, yeah, I'm tipping Cairns to get up in this one. This one's an interesting one too. I I still think Kiefer Sykes is still going to be out for the Phoenix, so they're still Welsh, and obviously there's no Brokoff yet, and they're still missing Dane Pino, and they're still missing Adam Gibson. So, and we know the Kings have got some injuries too, with Jerome Martin still out, and and Cooks and Glover. So, these these two teams are almost are walking and wounded, but they're still capable of some good basketball. So, what do you think between the Phoenix and the Kings? Yeah, this will be a close one. A lot of teams, both teams are missing some um, key guys right there. Um, especially Sykes from the Phoenix. Uh, Pinder had a great season last year. And, mm. But I think even though they lost on Wednesday night, I think Phoenix will take a lot of a lot of confidence from that game, yep. especially being down by a fairly big margin, just losing by one. I was heartbreaking to lose, but from that, you still take away a lot of confidence. And heading into Sydney as well as <laughs> missing some key guys, I think um, South East should get up in this one. I probably agree. Two interesting games on Sunday as well to close this this weekend. Um, first up, Melbourne United and the Brisbane Bullets. Yeah, another interesting game. Um, a lot would depend on probably the results tonight. Um, yep. Who, uh, how Brisbane go against Perth, and then how Melbourne go in the next game. So, but I think I think Melbourne is. Playing at home is a massive advantage, yeah. and I think Londale will have, have a big game. Yeah, I just can't tip against Melbourne, especially if they lose, especially if they lose tonight. Tonight, yeah. yeah, they're not going to drop two in a row. So I'm tipping um, Melbourne. Now this is a good one to finish off with as well. The Illawarra Hawks and the Perth Wildcats. Yeah, no, this will be a uh, a good game. Obviously, they played each other a couple times over here in Perth in the preseason, and. Uh, the Hawks import really got after Bryce. Yeah, um, I think that's why they've brought him over here, really, as a defensive stopper. So I think it's going to be the first time Bryce has faced some serious uh, opposition in the yeah. defensive end. So, uh, but I think uh, the Hawks, they've got a lot of weapons out there. And um, AJ's playing really well. Brian's got the team playing really well. Guys that were struggling probably the last couple of years for Hawks playing some really good basketball. And, yeah, they are. Yeah, I think uh, with the import, just we focused on Bryce, take him out of it, and they've got some big bodies to go against Mooney, so yeah, I think the Hawks in a close game. All right, Matty, we'll keep an eye on all of that, and of course, check out Tab Touch on Facebook or or Twitter for, for your multi-bet for this week as well, Matty, and, and we hope it comes through for, for you this week, so so keep an eye out for that later, later today, and thanks for joining me once again, and we'll do it all again next week. Sounds good, mate. 
Okay, back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle, and I I hope you enjoyed those defensive insights from Damien Martin and also the the preview for the the weekend ahead, thanks to Maddie Knight and Tab Touch. Um, I'm back here now with the scoring machine, Sean Redditch. Um So we've got six more games to go this week over the next three days, Sean. Um, starting with the Wildcats and the Bullets, as we're recording this this afternoon on Friday, Um why don't you run through your thoughts on what we're going to see over the next few days? Well, look, that Wildcat Bullets game, I think it's going to be a lot closer than many people think. And I think, uh, you know, the fact that the Bullets have two big scores, it kind of helps them. And, and, you know, the Wildcats are known for their defense, but when you've got two dynamite scores, it makes it a little bit hard to shut both of them down. So I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Wildcats will get the win, um, put them in a pretty good position to, to take out the uh, NBL Cup with only one more week to go. But uh, I think it's going to be a close game, but I think Wildcats will find a way to win as they have over the last few weeks. And then you go into the Breakers United. you got to like the way the Breakers are playing, but United are just finding a way to win as well. So it's uh, to me, I'm picking the United. I think it's going to come down to the Wildcats and United to, to determine the NBL Cup. But um, then, the, then the whole quarter situation comes into play. But I've got Wildcats and United on Friday. You go into Saturday... 36ers in the Taipans. I, I think you got to go with the Taipans the way they're playing. Nate Joel is giving them that third option of scoring. And, uh, you know, I think they're one of those teams that's that's on the up. And then you go into the Phoenix and the Kings. And I, I like the Kings. I think the Phoenix are playing well, but they've got a bit of injury concerns. And, and although Kyle Adnum is playing out of his mind um, and uh, has had an impressive start to the year, I think Kings Kings will get that one. If they'll play through Casper Ware. Dejan Vasilovic, who's been uh, my early pick for Rookie of the Year. And then you go... As a, as a rookie, that is in, incredible. And, it, you know, he's just got that, that confidence, that savviness. You know, just watching his body language when he was out of the game a few games ago down the crunch. He just wanted to be out there so bad and... Um, I just love the confidence that he plays with. He, he just you, you got to respect him anywhere out, out on the court, and uh, it, it, you know a guy like that come in as a rookie. It's 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 impressive. Um, you go into Sunday, United and the Bullets. I think United are going to get that one, and then the Hawks and the Wildcats. Uh, I'm actually going to pick the Hawks possibly in that one. Just a little bit of an upset. The, the Hawks get an extra day's rest in there. And uh, I, I think the Wildcats, although they've had a great NBL Cup, I think, you know, it's, it's tough to go undefeated um, through that scenario. So I think the, the Hawks might get them in that one as, as bad as it uh, pains me to say that. Mm. Well, we'll wait and see, Sean. Um, now, thanks to TabTouch, we'll have your multi-bet available on social media. So check out the TabTouch social media accounts. Um, how did you go last week, Sean? I, from memory. Well, are we talking about two weeks ago? Because I think I won two weeks ago. <laughs> I don't think I won last week. I think I missed them both, possibly. So, uh, so I'm due for a win this week, I think. Well, let's hope so, because we're doing it for charity and you're doing it for Lifeline WA. Now, one of the biggest talking points, unfortunately, still across the NBA right now is the, is the decals on the court. It's, it's an issue we did discuss a couple of weeks ago, and it doesn't seem like it's going away. The players... The players just seem to still be having an issue with it. So when so many players are saying that it's making making it tough to to not slip on them, it's 
clearly an issue. Um, so it's got, you know, we don't need to go into it too much, but it looks like it's got to a point where something has to be done about it. So we need to come up with a solution. What do you think the solution is, Sean? Look, I'm not definitive on what the exact solution should be. Um, I did, you know, you and I spoke about it before the show, and we actually hadn't seen that that post that the NBL did with the bananas and, mm. and you know, kind of being cheeky um, about it. Yeah. And until they made the post apologizing for it, you know, once I, then I finally looked at, at the post and, um, you know, uh, there was a bit of, of humor in there. I think, you know, if, if there had been more uh, injuries and in that um, from it, but yeah, you want, you want the player's safety. You want them to feel comfortable out there on the court. You know, there's decals all over the world on these basketball courts. So yeah. I can't imagine that this is just a a thing that's just only happening in Australia. But uh, I think that there's got to be you know, a realm of possibilities that we can we can get it fixed. You know, I think the with so much of these clubs hurting financially, you know, not being able to have fans at the games or limited amount of fans at the games really hurts the, these clubs. So, you know, they need to be able to have some revenue, but they also need to keep the keep the players safe. So, um, you know, in an ideal scenario, you put the decals down and then you varnish over the decals and they stay there for the whole year. But that's that can't really happen um, in a lot of these stadiums. Yeah, they're multi-purpose venues. Changing, yeah. changing up and multi-purpose. So there's got to be a better solution. I've played on a lot of courts um, I would say the majority of the decals are good. Maybe it's just making them smaller. You know, they can still have yeah. them out there, and it's just not so much area that it that it that it causes. I don't know, but that's just uh, one solution that might uh, might help. Now, I don't know if the technology exists, but we see it in football codes where the oval has no physical markings on it, but they can put it in electronically where there's advertising on the on the ground and and it seems to work okay i don't know if there's a difference between doing that on grass compared to a basketball court do you have any idea if that's possible to actually not have the markings physically there but you can put them in for the tv coverage do you have any idea look i'm guessing it's possible i mean if you could throw graphics up Mm -hmm. there on on in the tv game and You've got the the basketball court. Uh, somehow you'd probably be able to, or maybe even it is yeah. just making those. You know those those sponsors are during. You know, for the first two minutes, it's sponsor X, and for the next two minutes, it's sponsor Y. Yeah. That's on the on the court. I don't know the exact um, the dex, exact solution on that, but hopefully, um, hopefully that the players can feel safe. And um, but yeah, there's a lot of X players and. Um, players speaking out on it so uh you know the clubs you know, they're in the bubble so they can come together and hopefully get get it right because it, you know you you don't want that to take away from the the great play and and the quality of players that we have out on the court no and you're right we don't want to be having to talk about that it's just an issue that is seems to be such a big deal right now that we have to touch on it but we would much rather be talking about the the play that we're seeing. So let's hope there's a solution soon and we, we don't have to worry about it for too much longer. And let's hope no player gets gets hurt in the meantime either. But um been a big show, Sean. There's been a lot of a lot of ground to cover and all of a sudden, as soon as we wrap this show up and as soon as we release it, we'll be into into the games on Friday as well and and we're we're right into a huge weekend. So so 
Time for me to wrap it up. I'm Chris Pike, and I hope you all enjoyed this. Thanks to Hoop7, and thanks to the support, once again, of TabTouch and Boomerang for making it all possible. I'll sign off and leave you with The Scoring Machine. Well, Pikey, thanks. It's been a, a great show. Enjoyed it once again. One of the things I've been thinking about is, you know, now that we've had this NBL Cup, we've had the hub, we come out of this, seems like the country's getting in control of this virus. Let's hope that we get back to s- some normality. Fans can be in the stadiums full, um, 100%. You know, teams can travel about. It seems to be things are a little bit more control across the country. So, uh, fingers crossed that when we come out of the NBL Cup, we can get back to regular NBL season basketball, home and away, fans passionate, getting into the game. And uh, we're seeing some great action with some great fans at the games as well.